Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The legends are true. We're overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Right here on SportsGrid on this Wednesday morning, I am Kevin Walsh, joined by Donnie Wrightside as we have a ton to get to here on this Wednesday. DRS, how you feeling? I'm feeling good. This weekend cannot get here fast enough. Super wild card weekend, but I got to tell you, some super basketball out there in the college ranks and the NBA two hours ago here on a Wednesday. Let's get after it. So, so much to get to. Our 7-7 seven and seven headlines does open up, though, with the NFL and the decision, Donnie, by the New York Giants to move on from their head coach, Joe Judge. Questions about whether or not this would come through. And ultimately, in the middle of yesterday, the Giants decided that Joe Judge was no longer the man for the job in New York. You know, sometimes we look at these seven and sevens here, Kevin, and you say, hey, we could stretch a segment out of this. There might, we could go a full two hours. When I always use the moniker, Kevin, two hours might not be enough today. Two hours might not mm-hmm. be enough to go over Joe Judge's tenure with the New York Giants. Rightfully yeah. so, he's fired. Dave Gettleman said he retired. He was fired. Good news for the Giants. Bad news maybe for the rest mm-hmm. of the NFC East. We'll see. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one to break down. I will just let people know. Maybe no coach Donnie has taken to task more since they were hired than Joe Judge. Next segment, we'll break this down. I'm going to lay back. I'm going to let Donnie handle the business there. That's right around the corner. We'll also talk, though, Donnie, about some of the more coaching updates we are seeing throughout the NFL, including former Birds head coach Doug Peterson, a Super Bowl winner, taking some interviews, going to be lining up potentially, Donnie, for for the job in Chicago. Yeah, he's got a decent shot to be a head coach around this cycle. You got, what, seven to eight possible openings when it's all said and done here. And you're looking at a guy, well, what do you like out of him? Easy to get along with, Super Bowl champion, mm-hmm. multiple playoff winner, knocked out the Bears in the playoffs when the Bears had technically the better football team a few years back. Mm-hmm. But also, when I see the headline here, Bears interviewing Peterson. Who aren't the Bears interviewing? I think they have 1,000 <laughs> interviews already set up between GM and head coach. Hopefully they get it right this time. But you want to talk about a train wreck franchise that has bad press conferences, Chicago goes up on the leaderboard as well, Kevin. 
Yeah, we'll certainly go through who we think uh, some of the best names out there are who could fit where as well. Moving over to college basketball, though, Donnie, the unbeatens no more. The number one Baylor Bears lose to Texas Tech at home as a double-digit favorite. And USC with an odd early tip out there on the West Coast go down to Stanford as there were some big results in college basketball, as you were saying. No, it certainly was last night. How about Baylor going down at home, unbeaten here? Didn't see that one coming from a mile away. They were double-digit favorites. And also, USC goes on the road to Stanford. Now, the interesting part here, a road game at Stanford. Hey, packed Maples Pavilion. Oh, the crowd's going to be tough. There wasn't a single person in that building, which is why that tipped <laughs> earlier. And they still lost. So who says it's hard to win on the road? I guess it's just hard to win on the road, Kevin. It's just hard to win in general, perhaps, yeah. including if you are the Alabama Crimson Tide, as this is absolutely breaking my heart. This Iona Gales victory is starting to matter less and less and less. Maybe the Gales should have just been favored in the basketball game. Oh, well, Auburn, Donnie, though, they're really good. Entered this as the number four team in the country, and I think that's going to continue to move up as they win on the road, 81-77 against the Crimson Tide. Yeah, tough, uh, tough uh, scene for the last 24 hours in Tuscaloosa, going down to Auburn in basketball and losing the national championship game. Hey, maybe it'll get better next year, and Saban will once again get back to the NCAA championship <laughs> game. We will talk about the updated odds for the NCAA championship, of course, on the college basketball side. Auburn's number continuing to shot up there 23 to 1 now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Radio audiences in full effect. We appreciate all those tuning into the early line on Sports Grid Radio and all of our radio affiliates out there here on a Wednesday morning. Kevin Walsh and Donnie Wrightside going through the top headlines in the sports world. That's college basketball done. How about the NBA, though, Donnie? Some Sixer stars on the move. The key there, the plural. Daryl Morey looking to get Tobias Harris out of town as well as Ben Simmons. Yeah, when you're not the GM, but you're the president of the organization making $10 million a year, you sit on your hand like, hey, like once a year I get to have some fun. Trade deadline starting to heat up. And how about the Sixers there? Say, hey, you want to take Ben Simmons? Yes, yeah, sure, love him. Okay, now that we know you love Ben Simmons, how about this? You take another massive contract in Tobias Harris. Ooh, that sneaky Daryl Morey. You know, we should get back in there, what? Maybe two first-rounders, Trey Young, Cam Reddish, mm. Collins. I mean, let's load them <laughs> up, Sixers. Let's go, Daryl. Why stop there? Oh, it's incredible that Daryl's like, hey, do me a favor, take Tobias. And they're like, no, we don't want to do that. And then he's also going to tell a different team that Tobias is an all-star level player and they need to load up a, a number of positive assets there. I look forward to breaking that down. We'll also break down some of the big results, Donnie, including the Memphis Grizzlies winning their 10th game in a row. And this one coming at the hands of the Golden State Warriors as a short dog, the Grizzlies stay hot. Yeah, Kevin, last night on In Play Sports tonight, you so shrewdly put us here. Hey, I think the wrong team is favored here, and they absolutely were. A good win by the Grizzlies. A next-level up-and-coming team. Could it be the Grizzlies? Maybe so. Yeah, John Morant in this basketball game, 29 points, eight dimes, and five boards continuing to impress. Steph Curry with a 27-point triple-double in the game, but not enough. Last one here. Very proud of this headline. I don't usually go the pun route. The Wizards scrap for a win against Oklahoma City. Montrezl Harrell, Contavious Caldwell-Pope fighting in the locker room, Donnie, at the half. I guess that's what happens when you're losing to a team as bad as the Thunder. They came back, win the game by four. That's how it's done. Keep in mind also, a short time ago, Kevin, the number one overall seed in the East was the Wizards. Uh-oh, watch out. Maybe fighting to get them going here now. <laughs> oh, man, I remember they were the best team of all time, best trade of all time. Nonsense. What is wrong with you people? We'll talk Joe Judge next. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. Sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Back right here on the early line on this Wednesday. Now, every morning, every day, I get very excited for this show. And often it's because I know I'm going to to deliver some tremendous takes, insight, input. But I have to say, this isn't about me. At least not right now. I would talk Sixers. I'll probably be very long-winded about what makes sense and what doesn't make sense there. But sometimes you sit back... And you just listen, watch, observe. For those of you at home in your cars who are watching and listening, we appreciate you. But I am about to be one of you. Because Donnie, over the time that Joe Judge was hired by the New York Giants, immediately said, this is a disaster. And well, soon enough, he was proven correct. 6-10, 4-13, two years and you're out for Joe Judge. I have some thoughts. Those are secondary. Donnie, your reaction to the New York Giants letting go of Joe Judge. Sometimes in this business, Kevin, like we're on air all the time. We're viral. We're on Twitter. Sometimes you have really good takes. Sometimes you have just horrendous takes. Some of the horrendous takes I've had, and I get, had a good 10-year run on this one. Tiger Woods will never win another major. Got good 10 years out of it. Then he wins the Masters. Ah, Donnie, you idiot. Uh, yeah, I had a good 10-year run. I was like, you know. So, so I was, <laughs> what, 36-1 and one overall in majors with Tiger. But I lost that one and another one. Yeah, yeah. You know, Giannis Antetokounmpo, eh, he ain't sticking around Milwaukee. Once he's a free agent, he's bouncing to L.A. Yeah, he stayed there, and they won a championship. So they're the ones that people like to circle the wagons with me. But I like to circle the wagons every once in a while on the rest of the community when I get one right like this. And here's what happened. The Giants were looking for a new head coach. You know, you hear these young and up-and-coming coordinators there. Hey, you give them a chance and you see what's what. Don't know much about Joe Judge, college coach, interviewing. All of a sudden, must have got in the room with the Giants. And wow, this guy really has his head on straight here. We're looking for a Tom Coughlin number two here. Come in, reset this franchise, build a foundation. You know, be that hard-line guy that's not going to accept any nonsense. We're going to play hard. And I get it. So then his press conference comes, and you say to yourself, this is the first time you're going to get a look at this coach and what he brings to the table. And my jaw hit the floor, and I basically said to myself, I've never seen this before in the pro football ranks or pro sports for any matter. You can be a hardline head coach if you have the background. The reason is, let's just go you know, for a little bit of – you get that tree, right, with Bill Belichick. And you see Bill Belichick at every press conference. 
He doesn't answer any questions. He's gruff. He's surly. And he ends it quickly. And normally say, like, I would love for this guy to be terrible and fire him. But he's a great football coach. So you deal with it. And the press goes, hey, I'm going to go to a Bill Belichick press conference. And we're going to waste 15 minutes asking him questions that he's not going to answer. But he can get away with that. And also with the fan base because he's a genius. But when you have a football coach like Joe Judge, who has done nothing in the past overall, gets the head coaching job in New York, stands up at the podium and basically says, my way or the highway. We're going to play hard. We're going to play fast. We're going to play physical. You're going to be proud of this brand. And then you sit back and you say, and you digest it and say to yourself, what did I actually just get at a press conference? Was this guy auditioning for a freshman football coach in East Rutherford, not for the New York Giants? Was he being that new head football coach that said, we're not We're going to practice hard and you know, we're going to run laps. We're going to make this right. And then you watch everything play out and you say, that was an odd press conference. One of the worst I've ever seen. And I tweeted about it the day it happened. So said, yeah, you still got to give the guy a chance, right? Going to be a disciplinarian coming in. And then word starts to leak out here about the Giants and what's going on. Where if you have a play in practice in OTAs or in the preseason or in camp, right? Oh, false start. Coaches were running laps along with the players. Stadium stairs. Push-ups here. Joe Judge losing coach after coach. Fist-fighting coaches after practice. And then trying to cover it up. I said, whoa. Something's wrong here in New York. And then you outlay the end of his first season where he sat at the end of the season with a horrendous New York Giants football team and blamed the entire season, not on him being way under 500, but because the Eagles did what was best for their future and putting Jalen Hurts on the bench in the final football game to lose a game to improve their draft position. So the sanctity of the New York Giants is what mattered most. Fast forward it to this year coming into it. We're not going to take it anymore. We're going to win this division. And another horrendous season, which was so bizarre when the final month with Joe Judge, where he was sitting there telling you this isn't a clown franchise. People, I, I can't even pick up my cell phone without superstars. What, Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, Matthew Stafford, they all want to be New York Giants because of the way we're playing here. And also talking about, Kevin, not disrespecting the game like the Philadelphia Eagles did. How about the disrespect in the Washington game when you were on your own four-yard line on third and nine, not at the end of the game to salt away the game, but down 3 nothing, ran a quarterback sneak from a flying wedge formation that got no yards, and you were booed off the field. So just to encapsulate what Joe Judge meant to New York and how his improvements were, and they're going to play hard and fast. His two years, some stats to give you. 10 and 23 overall, last in the NFL in points per game, last in the NFL in offensive efficiency, last in the NFL in yards per play, last in the NFL in touchdown drive percentage, and last in points per drive. Successful for the New York Giants, and they were almost, Kevin, going to bring him back. Insanity in New York with Joe Judge. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. It's everything mm. I imagined it would be. Yeah. And here's the thing about all of that from Donnie there. It's all true. There's really no disputing it. There isn't a Giants fan who's tuned in this morning. Ah, come on, being a little hard on my guy. You know you're happy. You know you hope Brian Flores lands there, Doug Peterson, Brian Dable. You know this is a good thing for your franchise there. And I'm glad Donnie brought up not only the debacle that was this season and finishing the year 1-7 and seven over the last eight weeks of football, Donnie, but something that is tremendously lost on that last year almost playoff team. They started 1-7. and seven, And yes, they were able to finish 6-10, and 10, which is tidy and fine and good for you. If they would have been in the playoffs at 6-10, and 10, I would have vomited. We've seen teams get in at under 500, but 6-10 and 10 is even a bridge too far. And what they did post-Daniel Jones was so horrid 
that I genuinely now sit here and say, you know what? I guess I would give Dimes one more go at it, which is impossible to imagine because Daniel Jones is not a good quarterback. But you might legitimately be able to justify it based on how everything looked when Daniel Jones wasn't around and who was running shop, of course, while Daniel Jones has been there. And I think the thing for the New York Giants this morning, Donnie, you know, is they got better. That's the truth of the matter. This offseason, no matter who they bring in at the coach position, the general manager slot, or the quarterback position, to remove both Joe Judge and Dave Gettleman from this organization is basically already locks them into no worse than a B-plus offseason. No, absolutely. You had the clean house, but also we talked about earlier in the week, Kevin, where you sort of put something out on your social media team with your social media team for like the Giants or any organization in sports because you want to give a test run. Hey, we're thinking about changing our name. What do you think about the Red Hogs? That's the dumbest thing I've. Okay, okay, okay. We floated that out here, but you are almost mm-hmm. shamed into firing your head coach. Not a and we're talking about the entire NFL laughing at the New York Giants. The fan base basically in a revolt saying, you have to get rid of this front office and your coach. And they had two straight days of meetings with Joe Judge. Like, you know what? We're going to bring this guy back. And the avalanche was so strong that they had to get rid of him. And how do you know it was the right move, Kevin? You saw widespread this hilariousness and joy out of the New York fans. Once You see when you fire head coach, oh, you know, hopefully it was going to work and maybe we can move forward with this. They wanted this so badly that it was almost a celebration. Like, they want to have a ticker tape parade in New York because they might be getting their football team back. It's amazing that organizations have to listen to their fans and be shamed into making the right decision. And that's what happened. Congratulations, Giants fans. You got your way. Way to scream about it. Like, true. Like, you know, like, ah, the Warriors blew a 3-1 lead. Like, Joe Judge blew a 3-0 lead. The Giants had no desire to move on from this guy. And he was just rattling off nothing but insanity and awful football to where they're like, all right, yeah, he's gone. Our bad. It is what it is. Well, he is gone. Who makes sense for New York? What about Chicago? Trevor Lawrence and that Jacksonville Jaguars team needs a new head coach. Don and I are going to talk a little bit about the best openings and which head coaches can make sense where. That's all next right here on the Early Line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Live here on Sportsman, talking NFL head coaches. Who's available? Which jobs 
are open and who can make sense where kevin walsh and donnie wright saw it on a wednesday morning breaking it all down and i want to start quickly by talking about brian flores because i think one of the things we're going to see throughout this coaching cycle donnie of course is a premium as always placed on offensive head coaches but we're going to talk a little bit about the candidates that we think make the most sense here i look at a vic fangio right and i think one of the downfalls for fangio is the fact that he is a defensive-minded head coach well brian flores also meets that criteria but i want to make the point a little bit about the best coaches in the nfl right you have andy reed kyle shanahan sean mcveigh offensive masterminds guys what they can bring on that side of the ball is as valuable as it gets but let's not lose sight of some of the other coaches within this league mike tomlin getting praised rightfully so this year the model of consistency in the nfl the greatest coach in the history of the nfl likely for most bill belichick comes from the defensive side of the football at this point my expectation is the coach of the year winner is going to be mike vrabel the deset the defensive side of the football and what those three guys bring in vrabel tomlin and belichick is consistency it the, the ability to be competitive and i know that the miami dolphins in their press conference said brian flores 24 and 25 during his three years here in miami well, he lost his first seven games because the Dolphins handed him a poop-poop platter of players and a roster where they basically said, hey, listen, when you go 0-16, that's what we were anticipating. Well, Brian Flores, so good as a head coach, actually then went 5-4 and four the rest of the way. 34-28 and 28 for Flores after that 0-7 start. 10-6 and 6 in year two, 9-8 this season. And I look at Brian Flores, Donnie, and I really do believe... He is coach candidate number one on anyone's big board because I think he at least has that proven track record of consistency. And I believe that is a legitimate coaching candidate that players want to play for. You want to talk about a perfect fit, Donnie? The Seattle Seahawks, who right now have the oldest head coach in the entire NFL, sat around Kingsbury, Shanahan, and McVay, all 42 or younger. Well, you know what, Donnie, might work for them? A guy in Brian Flores who continually gets guys to play for him, maybe can keep Russell Wilson in tow, and actually would become the second youngest coach in that division. I don't know where you land on Brian Flores amongst the rest of these coaching candidates, but to me, he is by far and away the best on the board. I, I do like Brian Flores, but I also have to preface this by saying you brought up the other point here that I want to get into. If I'm an NFL ownership group here, it's only offense and offense only where I'm hiring. Now, in the past, has it worked out with defensive coordinators? Absolutely, it has. But you also have to have cachet, and it's a different time. And the reason I bring this up, because you look at the Mike Tomlins, right, defensive guy, but he is a CEO head coach, which I love. I love the foundation and the thought process behind what goes into hiring, you know, what works as being a head coach in the NFL. And if you're taking a look, let's just say Mike Tomlin, is there a more perfect person that you stand in that locker room when he delivers a message you get it you go out and play football or also a guy which i question a lot of the game day stuff that mike tomlin does but i believe a head coach is best served running the entire team managing the game hey we're on offense not calling the plays kevin but just jumping on the headset and telling the offensive coordinator hey look dial it up a little bit on this drive i'm not going to call the plays that's all i need here hey what do you want to do on this drive coach tomlin you know what slow this clock down let's just get to the half that's what i need from my guy same thing with defense hey ratchet up the pressure bring a couple extra 
your blitz packages here. Not calling the play itself, but managing the game and seeing it through their eyes. The same thing with Bill Belichick, defensive-minded head coach, but lets his excuse me, defensive coordinator and offensive coordinator handle the game-to-game duties with him just overseeing it. Bring the blitz. Don't bring the blitz. I want to pass here. I'm going to set the game plan. You guys execute it. If you need some pointers throughout the game, I'll be in your headset. But if I'm looking at Brian Flores overall, I like the job that he did with the Miami Dolphins. Did he get into the playoffs? No. But he showed me from an ownership perspective here. If you are looking overall at your franchise, did you see what he did there? Came in, the franchise said, you're going to stink this year. We hired you. This is a long-term process. Just set the foundation. And by the way, a week before we start playing football against the Ravens, I'm going to take every good player you had away from you, and then I still want to see what you have. He won five games that year, which was a minor miracle. Year number two, which is my favorite coaching job maybe of the season. You say, Donnie, how is that? Yeah, they went 10-6, and six, but they didn't make the playoffs. And he benched Ryan Fitzpatrick and wanted to see what Tua had. If I'm an ownership group and I see that, I'm like, this guy is selfless because he basically could have taken the easy road, which so many GMs and head coaches do. I just want to win as many games possible so you can't fire me. And I look back on my record. He actually took one for the organization and says, you know what? We're in a really good spot. We can probably make the playoffs, but we drafted Tua here. I need to see what this kid has in the biggest moments. If we make the playoffs, awesome. If we don't make the playoffs, which they didn't, what a learning tool for Tua to head into the offseason. Say, you know what? I was in big spots. Here's how I can improve. And then this year, yeah, they started out terribly. But they grinded down the stretch and almost made it into the playoffs here. And you cut the legs out. So the preface I'm making just on Brian Flores before looking at anybody else, if I'm a franchise that's in trouble and needs a reset button, the Chicago Bears, the New York Giants, the Jacksonville Jaguars, because I know you're coming from a Seattle Seahawks angle, and I get that. But if I need a restart mm-hmm. in my franchise, he's the number one guy on my list because you know why, Kevin? He's going to put the organization above himself and say, here's what's actually best here. If it gets me fired after three years, I'm still going to get two more years of pay at probably 5 to $10 million a year. I'll <laughs> do that. But I will make sure you are a better place when I leave here than when I began. That's why I love Brian Flores. Yeah, and Donnie, I'll I'll let you talk about some of the guys that you think out there make a lot of sense. I want to add one thing about Flores that I think is really interesting to the coaching cycle. Make an NBA analogy here. A lot of people take the Clippers to task for the unbelievable amount of draft capital and players that they sent to the Oklahoma City Thunder for Paul George. That is in bad faith. That was not for Paul George. It was because they weren't getting Kawhi without Paul George. So that was a trade that got you Kawhi and Paul George. You do that 10 times out of 10. What's the point here? There to me, Donnie, is a sense that Brian Flores holds the keys to Deshaun Watson. Now, I know that that is a delicate subject, but I will tell you right now, my expectation is Deshaun Watson is on the field next year. And if you're the New York Giants with two picks inside the top 10, and Brian Flores brings you all of the things that Don and I have listed here, and basically the inside track to send one of those picks to Houston for Deshaun Watson, again, to me, Donnie, a massive edge in his favor. But when you look at the crop of candidates out there, Donnie, Dable, Peterson, Todd Bowles on the defensive side of the football, getting some love here. Who jumps off of the page to you? Because just to make this point, Donnie, eventually we're going to get the markets to be the next head coach of the Chicago Bears, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and we're going to see who are the favorites, second choice, where's the value on the board? Who are some of the guys that you think make sense throughout the NFL? 
here's what I like. And again, it's offensively preference. I have my top three, but I also included like a 3B. And I'll start with the bottom of it. It was the 3B was Brian Flores. Because a lot of the times NFL ownership groups and front offices can't get out of their own way. And I think Brian Flores, wherever he goes, he will be successful knowing at the end of the season, mm-hmm. you got an honest effort out of your players and your organization is not going to be embarrassed. You're going to have a good foot forward moving. So I think Brian Flores is actually a key ingredient here, no matter where he goes. Like you take a look at like the Houston Texans, for instance. You know, David Cully, what was he supposed to do this year? I actually think he did a very good job. He might lose it, but he was the steward, and he was the right move to bring in, stabilize this franchise where the fans hate the actual team, and you're going to give an honest product out there, which they did. But let's take a look at the top three here. They're all offensive coordinators. And the one name that I keep hearing out here, I'm going to leave off this list and tell you why I did it. Number one on my list is Brian Dable. Goes in the Buffalo. Josh Allen, you know, comes out of Wyoming. Molds him into a very good quarterback. And an MVP can't, should be the MVP currently right now, but, you know. Take that personal bias aside. <laughs> but look how good the Buffalo Bills offense runs. Even when they're bad, Kevin, they drop 30 points. I love him. Number two, Kellen Moore for the Dallas Cowboys. He has been sensational with Dak Prescott. I'm actually surprised he didn't get the overall head coaching job in Dallas, but they brought in Mike McCarthy to be more of that CEO guy. Number three on my list is Byron Leftwich for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Wherever he goes, I think he'll be fine. Now, the reason I pick these three guys, right? I look at Brian Dable. When you look at the Buffalo Bills, Kevin, that's his offense. He molded Josh Allen. That's his. Wherever he goes, that's going to be his offense. You can say, you know what? I love what you did there. Number two, Kellen Moore with the Dallas Cowboys. That's his offense. That's not Mike McCarthy's offense. There's a reason why they're paying Kellen Moore so much money because he runs the show on offense. Mike McCarthy comes in, sets the game plan, oversees it. But he is the true play caller. He runs the game they show. Number three, Byron Leftwich. Wait a second here. He got Tom Brady. It's not so much with Tom Brady. Even before that, you saw the offense moved with fluidity even under Jameis Winston. This is his offense, Brian Brian Leftwich. Also, when you take a look at the head coaching job with Bruce Arians, he lets him oversee and says, this is his show here. That's why they're the top three, which brings me to the next guy in line, which a lot of people think should get a head coaching job, and he probably will. It's Eric Bieniemy. But at the same time, I did not want Doug Peterson to come to Philadelphia. Now it worked out. Was it more Doug Peterson, Frank Reich, or John DeFilippo? That's the question. Because when they left, that offense went downhill. And also, not a play caller in Kansas City. Matt Nagy going to the Bears. I didn't like that move. Matt Nagy was not a play caller, but it was under that Andy Reid tree. Eric Bieniemy now is the next guy in line, and people can't figure out why he's not getting a hook coaching job. And I love to see the cutouts in the past. Like, you tell me Eric Bieniemy doesn't call the plays. Let me let you in on a little secret about Andy Reid that we've known for over a decade in Philadelphia and now in Kansas City. Andy Reid calls the plays, but what he does has a relay man, which is his offensive coordinator. Whether it was Dana Bible, Brad Childress, you know, Marty Morningweg, those guys did not call the plays. You know, Andy Reid looked at his play chart and says, play number three. Eric Bieniemy calls in play number three. So theoretically, they say Eric Bieniemy calls the plays. I'm not getting Patrick Mahomes. I'm not getting Andy Reid. Therefore, I don't want Eric Bieniemy. Now, he will get a coaching job and probably deservedly so, but that's the reason why he's below on my list, Kevin. Dable, play caller. Kellen Moore, play caller. Byron Leftwich, play caller. Eric Bieniemy, not a play caller. I don't want him. It's a really good list there overall. The Bieniemy situation, I think, Donnie, at this rate has gone beyond whether or not he's the best candidate out there. I think it's how often he's been passed up, right, is usually the point of contention for people. We're going to talk early lines, NFC edition. I think it's appropriate, though, we talk a little bit about Doug Peterson as well. That's all next right here on Sports 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. Sauce of destiny. Yes. The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Back right here on the early lines. We'll talk some early lines in a moment. I know a lot of people out there probably ranking in their favorite coach openings. I think we still see there are more that could potentially be coming. Sometimes teams fall in the postseason. Jobs open up. Also, I feel like Matt Rule, like every single day, is like, doing, geez, how do I keep my job? Like, things are getting very weird in Carolina, Donnie. But the Doug Peterson candidacy is one that I think we should talk about here, right? Everyone knows, a couple of Eagle fans as well. We know Doug Peterson quite well and what he can bring overall to a franchise. I'm going to make a point because it's something that truly bothered me to no end during the Carson Wentz saga in Philadelphia. I'm going to call it for what I really... To me, the laziest layup talking point for everyone in the world was send Wentz to Indianapolis. Frank Reich was the brains behind the Philadelphia operation. It's been cleared to see. It's been obvious, obvious, obvious. No, it hasn't. And you saw that this year, and nobody's gone, hand up my bad. Nobody watched Carson Wentz this year in Indianapolis and said, see, told you it was all Frank Reich. Donnie, Frank Reich went to Indianapolis, made the postseason twice in his four-year tenure. Doug Peterson, without Frank Rice, made the postseason the first two years without him. Obviously, the debacle that was the final season all in all. There is absolutely no grounds to which people can go out there and say that Frank Reich is a better head coach than Doug Peterson. At the end of the day, Peterson is the head coach of a Super Bowl winning team and made the playoffs as many times in less seasons than Reich did it since they were not uh, in the same organization together. And again, that magical wand that Reich was going to wave to turn Carson Wentz back into the MVP. Not only did he not do that, Donnie, he basically turned him into Mac Jones Supreme. I think Doug Peterson is a legitimately strong head coaching candidate out there. He'll get a job, and he should get a job, because you're right. It's recent as well. This isn't like, hey, you know, Doug Peterson won an 9 and he's going to try to come back into the NFL. He took that step away, but also you're trying to take a look at a guy, and you're molding these franchises, Kevin. There's seven teams that are up for grabs here. Why is the reason that you fire your head coaches 99% of the time? Your job, your team stinks, and you're looking for a reset. The Philadelphia Eagles were in a tough way. You know, Chip Kelly, who didn't run a bad organization, but overall you were looking to get that familiarity back in the building where everybody worked together. You had a a person that was going to take the head coaching job that was willing to take orders, listen to advice, and also make changes here. That's why you got a great coaching staff in Philadelphia with Doug Peterson. 
Doug Peterson as a de facto offensive coordinator, right behind him, Frank Wright, John Filippo. It worked perfectly and won them the Super Bowl, even when they lost Carson Wentz, who was playing at a high level and probably going to be the MVP of the NFL in 2017. That's why you won a championship, because your head coach was strong enough to say, hey, guys, the season isn't over. Like when I was sitting at home after the Los Angeles Rams game, where the Eagles basically clinched the division, were making their way into the playoffs and getting a high seed, mm-hmm. everybody in the city of Philadelphia was down going, this is our chance. We were going to win a Super Bowl. We're just a cursed city. And Doug Peterson didn't let that infiltrate the locker room. He said, no, no, no. we got plenty of guys here. Nick Foles is going to come in here. He's going to be fine in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And they were. Those game plans that they devised after that, you know, last couple games where it looks like, hey, man, Nick Foles, should they have to be starting Nate Sudfeld in the playoffs? That was a real thing heading into that Atlantic game. But simple fact is, this is one of those guys that if you hire, you know you're going to get your franchise best foot forward. Maybe he doesn't win in the long term. Maybe he burns out after five years. But the one thing you know, let's just say Jacksonville hires him. Hey, look at what he did with Carson Wentz young in his career. He can do the same thing and reset this franchise. And you know what you're not going to get from Shad Khan and that ownership group? A guy that's going to be hanging out at bars and staying behind with his team (laughs) in different cities throughout the country and embarrassing your franchise. Sometimes, Kevin, you just want that hire that says, I don't want this hire to make headlines good or bad. Just give me my football team back. And Doug Peterson can do that. Yeah, uh, all in all, I think Peterson's one of the more intriguing options out there. Again, Super Bowl winning head coaches don't uh, become available uh, at the drop of a hat. And that Super Bowl didn't happen, you know, a decade ago. Uh, so that, and that's, you know, and, and also like he's not Mike McCarthy where it's not like Doug Peterson left and then they went and go 13 and three and Rogers wins MVP every single season. He's not around Mike McCarthy overall. Let's stick with the Eagles storyline, though, Donnie, because yesterday we talked about the AFC postseason wildcard lines. Looking at the NFC here, the Philadelphia Eagles are an eight and a half point dog to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The total for this game is 49. And one of the exercises that I know that I did, I'm sure you did, and I'm sure a lot of people at home watching and listening did as well, was before I saw these lines, try and guess them, right? Give myself an idea. Am I in line? And if I'm not, is there value? Or was I kind of off base with something? And for the most part, Donnie, right? In a, you know, key uh, accuracy, it was all there for a lot of these spots, right? But a number that I was pretty wrong on here was this Eagles-Bucks line. I thought the absolute apex of the number would be that flat seven. And I thought there was a good chance that it could be actually below the touchdown mark here. For this number to open seven and a half and move up to eight and a half, I'm I'm different than this number. And it's not because I'm an Eagles fan. It's because I think the Bucks are vulnerable. I really do. What's your reaction here as we look at the Eagles catching eight and a half points? Yeah, books want to get action. That's the main ingredient. You're not going to make money unless a lot of people bet it. So when we were talking about what the line should and should not open up at, I thought the perfect mm-hmm. line for this game, Kevin, seven. But most people would look at that and be like, oh, hold on here. I like the seven, but I don't want to bet it because I would like to get more if it's the Eagles or I'd like to get less if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So if we're saying where the line should be, that line opens up here, Kevin, and sits at six and a half today. Doesn't it feel like an avalanche of bets come in on Tampa Bay? But if the line sits at seven and a half or eight and a half like it is today, more people might be inclined to say, you know what? I wasn't going to take the dog, but if you're going to give me eight and a half points, I will take that. So just like line shopping and reading, it really is a Tampa Bay line where they're saying, hey, you know what? doesn't matter how beat up or banged up Tampa Bay is. They are at home where they play their best football. They have Tom Brady. They are expected to win this game. And I get it because the Philadelphia Eagles coming in more of a surprise this season, supposed to win around six games, wind up in the playoffs. Now you're taking your talents on the road. But the Eagles have been a very good road team here, keep in mind. And also, you know me as I bring it up every time. I love to look at weather conditions. And if you're telling me there's rain in the forecast, one team loves to run the football when the other team a little bit banged up in their backfield, Kevin. 
Yeah, I, I look, though, Donnie, through, right? Best, you know, they do play their best ball at home. You go through the home opponents, though, Donnie, really only three of them worth a darn if we remove kind of Miami, Jacoby, Brissett-led, didn't know what was going on early season. Dallas, they win by two. Buffalo, walk-off touchdown in overtime, win by six. New Orleans, lose 9 nothing. Donnie, part of the reason their best ball was played at home is seemingly they got handed a bunch of jabronis, you know, at Raymond James Stadium here. And maybe people think the Eagles fall into that category all in all. But the number just feels very strong for a Tampa team, Donnie, that, uh, listen, they played Carolina two of their last three games, and that Panthers team was absolutely broken. Like, insane, and maybe, Donnie, you'll disagree with this, but I, I think the Tampa team that we got against the Jets is a lot closer to what we're going to get from Tampa the rest of the way here than the one that beat the Panthers 41-17 in the season finale. Yes, banged up a little bit on defense, but also banged up on offense. This was one of those teams, Kevin, which we're talking Tampa Bay Buccaneers here. You didn't really matter what the final score was as long as Tampa won because when you had a team that's a veteran-laden team with Tom Brady at the helm, all you're doing, Kevin, is playing for the postseason. Once you get there, we'll let our chips lay down. They won the Super Bowl last year. They come back this year, bring back every starter. So you're trying to figure out, like, well, who's stopping Tampa? I know we know Green Bay's good, and maybe San Francisco would have a great year. But outside of that, just looking at Tampa Bay, I'm going to get to the playoffs with Godwin, Evans, Antonio Brown, Gronkowski, a very good offensive line, and Leonard Fournette reincarnated like he's a Heisman Trophy winner back in college, who <laughs> now all of a sudden is a great pass catcher out of the backfield. And you sit back and go to yourself, how do you beat this football team? The simple question, Kevin, you don't beat that football team. They probably win a Super Bowl. But now you're going to tell me you're going to head into the playoffs where I don't know if Leonard Fournette is coming back for this game. Offensive line's still good. Tom Brady's still great. But all those weapons where, ah, oh, you want to take away Godwin? I have two all pros on the other side. Oh, you want to take away Antonio Brown in the slot? We'll just reuse that and we'll throw out, you know, Rob Gronkowski who's all of a sudden rejuvenated on the season. There was no way anybody to me was going to stop the Tampa Bay Buccaneers specifically in the NFC if they were healthy. Mm -hmm. But here's the the key mark, Kevin. Yeah. They're not healthy here. So now you have Mike Evans, who's a great wide receiver. Correct me if I'm wrong. Hamstring injuries just don't go away during the season, and mm -hmm. he's been battling that over the final month. So you get into this game, end of the first quarter, Mike Evans a little bit shaken up. The Eagles will be a live dog in this game. And as I pointed out, there's some rain in the forecast. And also, this is one of the biggest factors in here when you get to the playoffs, which we'll talk about this in some other games. The Philadelphia Eagles had a bye week last week. Tampa Bay did not. They played their starters the entire football game. That could go a long way here. And also, when you're talking about yeah. getting healthier for the playoffs, the Eagles' offensive line looks really good. Health at the wide receiver position, at the tight end position, and guys that were banged up over the past couple weeks, Jordan Howard at running back, Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, all three of those guys will be activated and ready to go. And also, the most key contributor here, Kevin, you take a look at your own quarterback, Jalen Hurts. You made sure you gave him the extra week to say, I need that ankle right, because if I need you to run 15 times for 80 yards in this game, you'll be able to do it. Eagles coming in at the right time here to catch the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I absolutely agree here. Donnie, on Sunday, we will also see the NFC feature Dallas and San Francisco. The Cowboys at home here in a 3-6 matchup are a field goal favorite. The total is 50 and a half. And the thing about that three is it's where I thought it would be. I'm trying to figure out, though, right? How much do we value Dallas running amok against the backup players, of course, that the Philadelphia Eagles had out there? 
versus basically Donnie playing very unimpressive football against bad teams, playing a playoff team in Arizona and losing at home while also weighing Donnie the fact that the Niners at one point in that game against the Rams were down 17-0. What do you think here as you look at Cowboys-Niners? Yeah, it's a good point you bring up because what did you get out of Dallas hanging 50 points against the Philadelphia Eagles backups last week? Where From a Dallas perspective, got exactly what we wanted. Now it looks like we're on our way. Mm-hmm. Offense is in gear. Yeah. Let's put it for, you know, for the kids out here, Kevin, right? Let's, let's go to Madden. I'm going to put it on rookie mode. Woo! <laughs> oh, man, am I good. Then you put it on all Madden level. Go, oh, wait a second. I was just throwing deep every play and getting 50-yard gains. Why are they intercepting me? I don't take anything out of that game last week from the Dallas Cowboys. And I thought it was idiotic that they actually played their starters throughout the entire game in a meaningless game. So now you're going to play at home here against the San Francisco 49ers. And I got to tell you something. When we're reading lines and looking at them, I am shocked that this line is still sitting here at the FanDuel Sportsbook at three. That is ultimate either A, disrespect for the Dallas Cowboys, or B, the ultimate respect for the San Francisco 49ers. And your point is valid. I looked last week laughing at the Niners. 17 nothing. They're going to beat 34-3 because Jimmy Garoppolo stinks. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden at the half, Kyle Shanahan must have went back to the playbook and said, hey, here's what we're going to get after in the second half and let's go. And it worked to a charm. San Francisco is going to give them hell to pay here on Sunday. But my question is, is that line too cheap? Do we need more points? Do I need in a close game at least three and a half or four? I think I do here. I don't know if I want to go against the Dallas Cowboys at home with that offense, with Jimmy Garoppolo still my quarterback for the 49ers, and hope that I'm not down 17 nothing again or I need a comeback from Jimmy G. Here's the, the thing, Donnie. You go resume check both sides of the football, right? The Niners, a win at Cincinnati in overtime, an impressive victory. At Tennessee, they lose by three. That's probably a win if Jimmy stays hand is, is a little bit healthier yes, for the rest of that is. game. Again, they were up double digits at one point. And at the Rams. So not only Donnie beating playoff teams there down the back stretch, on the road. Dallas, and I told Cowboys fans this, you better start saying nice things about the Eagles, man, because that's all you really have to point to on the resume. Tampa Loss, Chiefs, loss, Raiders, loss, Mm. Cardinals, loss. Mm. All the Dallas Cowboys have is beating up on the Philadelphia Eagles and an overtime walk-off against a rookie quarterback in Mac Jones before the Pats got right. Mm. Talk Monday night with football before we close out hour number one. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. Sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.
back right here on SportsGrid before we transition over to our number two. Donnie, just want to take a look here at Monday Night Football. Rams, Cardinals, L.A., four-point favorite. Totals 49.5. We saw this matchup twice during the regular season. Road team won both of those games. Both games, though, Donnie, kind of happened at you know, very different points in the season, right? Los Angeles and Arizona met week four. Arizona wins in L.A. They met again in week 14, and the Rams win in Arizona. The oddity of it all, though, is... Donnie, this fact that the Arizona Cardinals at home are awful and on the road are untouchable. I don't know how to navigate that here because it's impossible for me to tell people that Arizona should be shorter on the road. That's not how sports betting works, but it's how the Arizona Cardinals have worked, Donnie. Yeah, and I seemingly, for myself, Kevin, I look at that points at the FanDuel Sportsbook plus four, and I'm automatically drawn to that. I'm automatically drawn to a lot of underdogs here in Super Wildcard Weekend. But trying to get into the crux of the argument of why we like them, it sort of hurts my argument. Because, yes, the Rams lost to the San Francisco 49ers in overtime. They probably should have won that game and wrapped it up earlier. The defense just needed one more stop at the end of the game, and that could have made it happen. But if we're looking overall, you know, they came into that game, winners of a lot, like just even in the last five games. Beat Arizona, beat Seattle, beat Minnesota, beat Baltimore, and then you lost to the San Francisco 49ers. Looking from an Arizona perspective, Kevin, yeah, they beat the Cowboys. That's a nice win. But outside of that, they haven't looked very good. So we just assuming that they're going to flip the switch here in the playoffs? Because let's also remind ourselves, 10 or 12 games into the season, Kevin, we're looking at the Arizona Cardinals as maybe the best team overall in the league. And now they tumble all the way down to being an underdog on the road in the first round of the playoffs. That might be a little bit too much to overcome psychologically there for the Arizona Cardinals. I'm so glad you brought it up. I have, like, I have to keep reminding myself, Donnie, that the Cardinals lost Week 18 at home with a chance to win the division. Like, because the Rams' performance, Donnie, we were all watching. So it's like, man, that Rams' loss was bad. Was it as bad as Arizona's? No. Probably not. So that's, and it's such a good point by you. But again, they were home. If they were in Seattle, they probably would have won the game by two touchdowns. Very interesting stuff. Hour number two of the early line is right around the corner. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.